1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. There's
0: a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers are people that look like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah Jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now, here's your hosts, Michael Loman and James Hansen.
1: All right, guys, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is your
0: host, at Hansen James. And my middle name isn't Corey. <laughs>
1: well done <laughs>
0: that's not my name oh <laughs> uh, it is now
1: it, it is, is now. now I guess so uh,
0: Milo uh,
1: it's been a great uh, preseason for the Utah Jazz 5-0 and and I think there's some things we can take from that some things maybe we need to pump our brakes on a little bit or maybe pre-season just season trophy Maybe just slam on the
0: give us the belt.
1: That's right. Slam on the gas, maybe for some things. I don't know. Uh, But today we wanted to talk about a couple of things that we've noticed from preseason that we think are good positive trends. I think I have an idea of what you're going to talk about already, Uh, and then we'll look forward to the two regular season games coming up this week, which is exciting. We're finally back. Um, Oh yeah, it's time. It's it's been a long long summer, and I needed that that Corey thing today. That was the best. But uh, all right, well let's just like let's just dive right into this. I have a couple things. If you want, I can get started, or if you want to start, uh, you tell me. But I am excited about the defense What's your from the Utah
0: guys. All your things can't be about Grayson Allen. <laughs> I really love Grayson Allen. He's not one of my things though. Yeah, like my first, I, my first thing that I I want to I take away from from preseason is Grayson. My second thing is Allen.
1: Never, never doubt me. No, just kidding. I I really liked Grayson Allen. I actually don't know if I think Grayson Allen's going to gradually get time as the season goes, and by the end of the year, I think Allen will be a big part of the bench. I think I, but I don't
0: ooh, know.
1: Ooh, calling the shot we'll see. <laughs> but I I do think actually Grace Nallon will shoot at least 36% from 3 and we'll see. But my thing that I was uh that I think is a trend that we can expect for the rest of the season is the defense from the Utah Jazz which was absolutely incredible. The Jazz posted insane defensive numbers especially against the Sacramento Kings and I think there's no reason we can't expect that. And I think a big part of what has made the defense so good has been Rudy Gobert, who has looked like an absolute monster all over preseason. Um, there's been discussion about different players, Ricky Rubio, uh, Donovan started a little um, a little inefficient, but it looks like his efficiency has gotten better by the game. Uh, but the one constant that has been amazing this, this preseason has been Rudy Gobert, who has looked like just a monster from game one, whether it was against the Perth Wildcats, where he held them to like zero points halfway through the first quarter or the sacramento kings who he made look like the perth wildcats who scored like 10 points through halfway through the second quarter i'm excited to see rudy gobert be the defensive player of the year again this year he looks incredible
0: so yeah i I do i jazz's defense was nuts in preseason i do think there were some worrying signs against toronto and uh portland but those are mm-hmm. you're talking, that's the upper echelon of the NBA against the lower echelon of the NBA, hashtag G League team. Um, <laughs> I don't know the difference between the Stockton Kings and the Sacramento Kings at this point. Mm-hmm. The Jazz were insanely unstoppable. And they were able to really, really, really clamp down. I, But you're probably right that you know what I'm going to talk about um, and... I think one preseason trend that we can really tap into is going to be Alec Burks. There we go. Because, yes, <laughs> here we go, here it. we go. Okay, this is this is my second year making an Alec, Alec Burks six man of the year prediction. So here's, here's round two. I've recycled all my takes from last year. Also, <laughs> Rodney Hood's going to be our leading scorer. So <laughs> Alec Burks in preseason, if we're going to, uh, and yes, Hashtag is just preseason, but in preseason, his per thirty six was twenty five points per game, eight rebounds a game, and five assists per game. And he shot he shot a ab- <laughs> he shot above fifty percent from three, and that was above the break. That's the that's the cool thing. This isn't just camping in the three uh, uh, in the corner on the three. He is bringing the ball down court, and a lot of those were uh, he's catching it on the run, stopping, hitting that three, or doing it off the dribble behind the screen. Things that we saw Gordon Hayward do when Gordon Hayward had such a great season. Now, Alec Burks isn't going to get ahead of Ricky Rubio in the rotation. He's not going to get ahead of Donovan Mitchell, nor is he going to get ahead of Joe Ingles. So he's firmly planted um, in uh, in that bench role. But I think he's going to be Utah's sixth man uh I, I think Jay Crowder and him are going to be the the one-two punch coming off the bench. I do think Dante Exum is gonna get a lot of time. He's gonna be amazing. Yes. But I think Alec Burks is gonna be the story because he's gonna score points. Dante Exum is gonna do all the dirty work that makes that bench run and hum. But I think Alec Burks is going to be uh is going to get noticed by more people just because uh when it comes to bench players, most people are looking uh points per game twitter is still undefeated when it comes to valuing bench players and so i think alec burks is going to get a lot of pub and his trade value is going to go through the roof this season because it looks like he's in full contract season mode he's looking to get paid son so it's time uh
1: i i think that alec burks will play for the utah jazz this season i think he will wear the number 10 I don't know if he'll get 10 minutes a game, (laughs) but we'll find out. I, you know what? It only helps the jazz. If Alec Burks plays well, well, I mean, that's kind of some of the things we talked about last year with some of the players. I mean, in the end, like if Alec Burks has a breakout year, that only helps the jazz. I personally have, have seen this movie before. Uh, I've seen Alec Burks play really well. He's a great practice player. Amazing. Uh, You know, in the gym, guy. uh, But then sometimes, as the season goes on, and you have to get back to what you are and your habits. I have, I just always see Alec Burks kind of revert back to kind of playing uh, swag ball, and and it's fun to watch. But I don't always think that it uh, converts to winning.
0: But it has been Alec Burks is the true challenge to Utah's development. Well, prowess, he, like they're no so one, known for developing players, and yet, and I wrote this in my piece for the season preview where I put it the evergreen potential of Alec Burks because every year it's like this is the year Alec Burks breaks out. This is the year that Alec Burks breaks out. We've done this now. This is year seven of mm-hmm. Alec Burks breaking out. And, I mean, and yeah. us calling our shot. And I, I will say this is my this, this is my second year doing it but last year <laughs> last year he had two runs. He had two runs, one at the beginning of the season, one at the very end. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle, he just got lost. And part of that, I think, was Utah was lost altogether. And so when Utah found themselves, I don't think they gave Alec Burks a chance to really find himself again. They're like, no, you had your chances at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And um, versus like <clears> – <throat> Ricky Rubio looked just as bad as Alec Burks throughout the season, but retained his his starting position. Der- the mm-hmm. combination of Rubio, Favors, and Gobert looked horrible, but they kept their spots. Um, Donovan Mitchell um, had a very rough start to the season. Uh, Rodney Hood um, had a very rough start to the season. Like There was all these people, and everyone kind of got their second chance, except Alec Burks, who was on the bench. And when he finally got his second chance, it was because – there was no other choices available mm-hmm. in the playoffs, and they're like, "We need somebody who can dribble and shoot." And he raises his hand. They're like, "Okay, what, what? Why not?" And he showed out. So the question is: Is now is that fool's gold again? It looks like in preseason, it looks like he's continuing on. Same with Dante Exum, and that's and this is where you have to you have to. You have to eat it, James. Because if you think Dante Exum is <laughs> going to break out because of what he did in the playoffs and in preseason, but you're not going to, oh, it works to have that same opportunity. You mean you mean guarding the MVP better than anyone else? You're I would, I would, I would. is the reason they won that Rockets game. <laughs> you know it was the reason. Like he came out there and he showed out, man. I Seventeen thought, points. I just remember that.
1: The game from Dante. Remember when he screamed in glory and uh, dunked that ball and ended the game and the Rockets dreams of winning that game?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Who who got him there? On the back of Burks. That's right. (laughs) Well... Corner pimp wasting away. I... (laughs) I don't
1: think Dante or Alec really helped them to the playoffs that last year. Just in both. Also, of can the- we?
0: Can, we need to give up. We need Alec Burks. No one should ever call him the corner pimp because his corner three percentage in preseason was absolutely atrocious. It was like twenty five percent. Oh,
1: okay. And well, we won't use that and argument. He took a
0: lot of threes from there.
1: Did he? Uh you know what? I'm rooting for Alec Burks, and in. And you are right. He has put up nice numbers. He did put up nice numbers in the Houston series, which I am skeptical of. But he did put them up, and then he has put them up in preseason. Uh, that includes games against Perth and and Adelaide. So I'm going to use that argument in my favor this time. Except for when we talk about Dante, then we then we'll just accept that those were really good performances. <laughs> no, I'm Just kidding. When <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> really
0: we talk about Dante, those were real, and we know that those can be verified. <laughs> I think Alec Burks Really. Has, really? <laughs> doing that. I all all I'll say is if Alec
1: Burks has a great year and all that and helps us win a lot of games, then I'm super happy because, you know, Alec Burks has had multiple injuries that have really hurt him and not helped him develop. Uh I think he has had a lot of time though to learn this system and I hope that you know that this trend keeps that he doesn't revert back to old AB and kind of, because when AB plays within the system, he's a very nice offensive player. He, he does hit a nice three point percentage. He actually is an underrated passer. And when he passes within the system, it really floats. Basically, if anyone goes into Quinn's system and passes well, it goes really well. And so Alec does have, he's had some nice baskets at the rim too. So you kind of hope that maybe he's figured that out, that that athleticism is at least good enough that he can be a nice finisher again. I don't know if Alec Burks was ever actually a great finisher, uh, but he's looking like a good finisher now, and that's good enough against bet second units. Alec Burks isn't starting for the Utah Jazz anytime soon or ever. Anyone who tells me that, no, no. that's not. But he can be a nice, no. he can be a nice sixth man, uh, hopefully. It only helps the Jazz if Alec Burks is good. I will, I will say that. Truth. You know, what right. you want to know my next takeaway? My yeah. second takeaway. Is, well, it's kind of like what we've already done. Well, I guess so. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about how good the bench play has been. Because one of the things we saw in those first two games against some of the better teams the Jazz have played, uh, Toronto and and Portland, uh, the Jazz bench brought them right back into those games or got leads in those games. Uh, the off, The first stringers didn't look quite right. It took the Jazz a little bit to figure things out. Uh, but the bench play has looked fantastic, especially against. Well, that game against Sacramento was an absolute drubbing. Like, they absolutely decimated the Kings. And we saw some nice Oh, things. yeah.
0: What was it? Like, the net rating was 50 at one point. Well,
1: it was like 71 to 35 at halftime. And yes, it was absolutely. I mean, we had double their points at the half and we had 71 points. But, uh, the bench has looked really good. Um, Royce O'Neill, I know Royce O'Neill to me is going to be one of those players that, uh, you can, it, I don't know if the analytics will always be in his favor, but the eye test definitely is. He is such a good on ball defender. And in the, I, did, I don't think Dante played against Portland. Did he play against, I don't think mm-hmm. he did, but against Sacramento, uh, Royce and Dante on defense was unfair. I mean, they, clogged every lane and then when you consider you have maybe someone like tabo or jay crowder and then either rudy or Derek favors behind them i mean that's that is a scary defensive second unit with the ability to score if dante and alec burks and royce o'neill and all those guys can stay on the floor and and defend teams and then also if you have good shooting from royce and dante's
0: hit a couple threes this preseason uh Yes, he's hit him in rhythm. I would say one of the surprises to me with that in, in, that bench strength is Udo is not an offensive liability. He's and, caught the ball and made and, a few moves. Udo, Udo, looks, Udo looks delightfully average. And that's not to take away from anything. It just – when he went out there, you knew you were getting A-plus defense and you were getting create-a-player offense. Mm-hmm. And now with – with you he is really um he, he looks comfortable with the ball and when he ca- when he gets a pass he catches it mm-hmm. that's new because we knew he had hands of rock and steel oh he couldn't catch the ball last year like it's yeah and he was taking lobs he he in that in that King's game he had two lobs mm-hmm. and so that's that's really unique. That is, uh, I mean, one alley-oop to Udo is something that only happens uh, every thirty years. is actually coordinates with Halley's comet. But two, and let alone in the same game, that's that's a that's a miracle. Mm-hmm. And so, it, seeing that type of improvement, it is definitely going to allow Snyder not to be like, okay, well, if we need offense, Udo has to sit on this bench. And if Favors doesn't have it with that backup five role in a game, it's it's all we got because we need that offense. Well, and, if, and so that, that allows them to, to be able to uh, give them some looks to make sure that Gobert is getting the rest he needs.
1: I was going to say the exact same thing, that Udo can give Derek Favors nights to rest. Or um, I guess if Rudy's got something that's ailing him, then he can give Rudy you know a night off. And then Jazz can expect to win a game because he's – He's such he really is a nice defensive player and fits perfectly with that uh, second unit with defense. And that's even just talking about that where how good everyone is defensively, that's where Alec Burks will have to really show up and just be average on defense. If he can just be average, then he'll be fine. If he's putting up the offense that he's doing, it should be he should have a chance to really do some nice things. Uh but the Jazz bench is Indeed. going to win some games for the Jazz. It's going to keep them in games with good teams, if not give them leads. And then against bad teams, it's going to extend leads and actually allow, you know, you'll have Donovan playing like 24 minutes some nights and things like that so that they can um, just be fresh. Forever. I mean, the Jazz are going to be really good this year, and part of that is going to be that bench that allows them to be rested. There's not, yeah. There's not going to be a lot of games where players go in and they're not ready to go. So,
0: I agree. Yeah, I I think I think every one of uh, I would say from one to fifteen, any one of the Utah Jazz's players would be in somebody's normal uh, rotation off their bench. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so you take the stars out, you go six through fifteen. Any one of those guys would be in a normal rotation. They wouldn't be an end of bench guy. Like even Howell Neto would be somebody's backup, backup, uh, backup one. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I think. My second thing is going back to Rudy Gobert, but also Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors. So the new rules about holding, basically holding the the, uh, people coming off of screens uh, is definitely going to help the Utah Jazz because before Utah's players, they would be doing a lot of screen action off ball. And the way people would slow down the, the Jazz's insane execution machine was they would tug on the player coming off the screen or tug on the screener, mm-hmm. and that really clogged up things for Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert in in the center, or it really made things rough for Rudy Gobert when he would screen and and uh, go rim chase. And we saw the difference that that makes in that Kings game where Rudy Gobert had what five alley oops? Oh yeah, for dunks. He had five. Five or six. E- even, um, he was... Epe. Yeah. Yeah, it was five or six. Epe had two. Derek Favors had two. Um, And, and that, if that is available there. Now, we know that the NBA's points of emphasis usually are, we're going to call it for six weeks and then we're just going to let it just chill and do nothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but... <laughs> If they do call that, or at least have have people calling it throughout the season, because you know if they call it for the first six weeks, Quinn Snyder is going to be down an official's throat every game after that, letting them know they're not calling it. If they got that whistle and during the first six six weeks of the year, and if that happens, Rudy Gobert is going to go from being a twelve and ten and two guy. To a 20 10 and 2 guy.
1: And because all of a sudden you
0: can't, you can't pull him uh, and keep him away from the rim. And, and you're not, and that opens up more spacing for the, uh, there's going to be more screen assists because you're not able to hold, hold Rudy. So you're actually having to chase him instead of just hold him back. So you can kind of hedge uh, the ball handler. So that's going to open up things for Donovan, it's going to open up things for Ricky. I will say though one thing that does worry me, and I know we didn't say we, we didn't talk about this before, but one thing that does worry me about the preseason is we we saw Ricky Rubio over the past 2 years first half of the season, past 2 years Ricky Rubio. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone in preseason looked great except Ricky Rubio. Now that's where we have to put the at the asterisk there. If we're putting the asterisk for really amazing play, we have to put that with really underwhelming play, and that's where Ricky Rubio lies. He shot the ball in the twenty in the twenty percentile. Um, he shot the three above forty percent, but that doesn't really help when you're going two for twelve in a game. Exactly. If you're two for twelve and your only two shots that you made were threes, and you missed ten shots. Uh that's not doing your team any favors mm-hmm. um he was turnover prone and he was he was caught gambling too much it was it was it was basically seeing Ricky Rubio from last year from October to uh, middle of january mm-hmm. and so we when in the offseason, when the jazz lost Igor Kakoshkov, a lot of people said he was very instrumental in building up Ricky Rubio into making that turnaround and they brought in Raul Lopez from over in Spain to bring him over here because he also was instrumental in helping him there. And so if Ricky Rubio gets off to a slow start again, it's going to make, it's going to be worrying because maybe the key to Ricky Rubio is sitting in Phoenix mm-hmm. and it wasn't, for, it wasn't in Spain. And, and so that's going to be something to, to watch because uh, unlike last year, there are a lot of really good players who are healthy now waiting in the wings behind Ricky Rubio. And the Jazz have expectations this year. So it's not like you can ride or die with somebody for three months and really stink it up. Mm-hmm. Like the expectations are, this is a playoff team. Yep. And so if you don't meet meet expectations, there's going to be a trade deadline that Dennis Lindsay has already said, we, we stuck with consistency and continuity. But if that does not work, we're not afraid to shake it up really quick if it's not working. So you know Dennis Lindsay's just sitting there on the trigger if it doesn't go right. And you also have an off season where the jazz might look at that and be like, "Eh, we're not going to, we're not going to extend this contract. And you also have Dante Exum who it could be chomping at the bit because he did have a really good preseason.
1: Yeah. And the jazz have committed to Dante. They, he's got his new three-year contract and Ricky's in a, in a contract year. So it only helps Ricky to do well, but, he really has not been a positive while he's been on the floor. And he was honestly, he was one of the major reasons, you know, we talk about the struggles of the starters against those two teams. It was really more kind of the struggles of Ricky Rubio against those two teams because he couldn't hit shots and, and the, the turnovers are back that were there last year. And it's just, it's just something that comes with Ricky Rubio, I guess that he's just going to start the season slow. And I don't know why that is, but he just does. And I think this is a season where he can't Dante against Sacramento. And, and it is, it's like the Sacramento Kings from the NBL, but Dante looked really good and the handle looked good enough. And he was getting into the paint and he was, uh, his passing has looked phenomenal this season. I rewatched that Sacramento game and he had two or three passes that players just missed like bunnies and things. He should have had four or five assists in that game, and. Uh, He looks really good, and then you you know the defense that Dante brings. And I'll be honest, uh, against Mm -hmm. a lot of teams, Ricky has great defense, but there's some players that Ricky does not do well against and and does struggle on the defensive end, and that's not something you can say about Dante. He, uh, like we mentioned before, guarded James Harden in the playoffs better than anyone did it, and he has a chance to just be a difference maker on that end. And if Dante's offense is there and the passing is there, it's I mean, that's one of my predictions from the for this year. I have a feeling that Dante's going to be our starting point guard by the end of the season, regardless of how.
0: Woo, that's a hot take.
1: Kind of regardless of how. <laughs> that's that's my hot take.
0: <laughs> wow, that's 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 nuts. I just
1: think regardless of Ricky does, I think Dante Exum is going to be so good that it it's going to be hard to keep him off the floor. I mean, this is really Dante's sophomore oh, season. Uh, he's had three seasons taken away, two by injury, one by Gordon Hayward to make him happy. Uh, this is this is the year. <laughs> this is the year he actually gets to play, and he, uh, you know, Ricky. As long as he plays well, there's no reason to really start Dante, you know, and kind of see what happens in the off season. But if Ricky has a start to the season like he did last year, I mean, people. I don't know if people remember, but Ricky Rubio. Uh, the first half of last year was, I mean, we were talking on this podcast about whether he was going to Europe. Like it was,
0: it was bad. And yeah, I, I I do remember that. And that was that was that whole worrying thing where you're like, what is going on? We we thought we were getting, you know, like if you if you run those n- numbers, like Ricky Rubio, he was he was uh he he was averaging. Three and a half turnovers a game, only six assists. He was shooting only thirty percent from three, and that's pre All Star. If you take out, if you go from when it really, when it was really dicey, and so you basically go from December to that second week of that, yeah, that second week of January, and you want run that with, with with Rubes, um, you're. It's pretty bleak. It, let's see here. Let's, let's yeah, let's go. Uh, sorry, I still had that on on per 36. I was like that doesn't look like his numbers. Yeah, Rubio's only putting up 12 points per game. He was shooting 41% from the field, 32% from 3. Uh he was he was averaging only 5 assists to 3 turnovers, which is killer. And yeah, it, it, like he was he and when he was on the floor, he had an average plus minus of negative 0. 0.4. He wasn't even a plus player, Mm -hmm. and so when and and people are like, "Well, he he really turned it around, dude." That was fifty four games in. Mm -hmm. That was fifty four. Like Ricky Rubio's turnover, like turnaround, didn't wasn't even the full half of the season. It was like the final thirty. It's the final thirty six, to be exact. That's when the Jazz turned it around. And so, if you are really wanting to extrapolate with Rubio, and you are like, "Well, he's done it for half a season," hasn't. He's done it for. He did it for thirty six games and a and 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 a and a series Mm -hmm. in the postseason. That's it. And so when you're talking about Rubio, you have to like. I want. I really want Rubio to succeed because when he was good, it was a lot of fun. There is there is an intensity that he brings on the floor that Dante Exum will never match because there's just something like Rubio's intensity when he's out there fighting for you is almost it's almost uh like rocky balboa rudy like like rudy from the movie rudy Mm -hmm. like you're like oh man i'm just rooting for this guy and you're just behind him but at the same time is he's for the past two seasons he started out the season slow and once again we're seeing the same the same thing just this trend that happens
1: every year and yeah, well, and you mentioned it earlier, and you're you were absolutely right. I like the Jazz. We need to win. This is like, you know, the Jazz have tooled up. They decided not to make any moves this off to go with continuity. That means they need to win, and that means you can't afford to have, you know, fifty four games of terrible point guard play. You can't afford
0: it. Yeah. And so, and here's the thing. Oh, oh go ahead. When people, and it, uh, uh, one last thing. We can't afford it, and we've seen this before. Last year in the in the preseason, Ricky Rubio started to look like this last year. He shot 36% from the field, 28% from three, and he only averaged 3.6 assists. Want to know who was better? Dante Exum, mm. who shot 47% from the field, shot 66% from three, and averaged more assists and less turnovers. He was – he was the better player, and so the thing is, this year, now there's if 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 Rubio, if if last year was an anomaly, the Jazz really were able to take advantage of it, and I still do think Rubio is so uh, Rubio is so important to that locker room. Mm-hmm. He is such a good locker room guy, and I also think he's the type of guy that if the switch had to be made and he wasn't he, he wasn't rocking it. He would be the guy who would su- he would be there for Dante Exum or anybody else who took his spot. Mm-hmm. If that would happen to be Donovan Mitchell and they slotted up Royce O'Neill or whatever they would do, if they did that, he would support those guys.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like he, he's not a selfish guy. Do I think he would stay in Utah? No, I think he would go somewhere else so he could get his money and get you know get that starting starting cash. But uh, I definitely think, um, I definitely think if he does start out slow and because of expectations, Quinn Snyder's not going to be waiting for him.
1: Mm-hmm. The, it's, it's uh, Ricky. I mean, it's not like we're rooting against Ricky because when Ricky was great, we were like a 60 win team last season. So you want Ricky Rubio to play great because then that's a sure thing. Cause Dante Exum has shown, I mean, his flashes and flashes are becoming more and more and more normal. And I, that's why I think by the end of the year, Dante is going to be just, a really nice player that probably is our starter. Uh, But Ricky Rubio is more of a sure thing. When you know, when Ricky Rubio is at his best, you know, you're getting all-star level point guard play with uh, just a really, really nice two-way player. Uh, When he's not though, man, it is, it is hard to win because, you know, Mm -hmm. you can only win so much with a point guard that can't shoot and turns the ball over like that. You know, he plays great defense, um, I, I don't know if he's as good now in his career as he was back in the day, but he's still a good defender. Uh, but, man, if he's... if
0: he's... One thing I wonder with Ricky Rubio is he's been playing professional ball for so long. Mm-hmm. So you look at him and you're like, okay, he's tw- he's 28 years old. That's, you know, that's not bad at all. But then you think about it, he's been playing professional ball since he was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. 14. And he's been through and major so he,
1: injuries and...
0: Mhm. And so he's going to he's his NBA career is going to slow down I think earlier than most as as far as the athleticism is concerned. Yeah, he turns 28 here in 7 days. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be a it's going to be a bit uh a bit different. So, well, I don't have anything I, to- I, I I do hope so because he was the only in a in a in a preseason that had so many bright spots. Mm-hmm. Uh Ricky Rubio was the only one who struggled yeah so hopefully
1: hopefully ricky can turn it around because he's he's a he really is a great player when he's playing well um so Mm -hmm. uh that's all i really have from preseason. if you want we can look forward to kings and warriors uh real games (laughs) well i mean we are playing the kings so
0: okay semi real games (laughs) but
1: this one counts toward our record so we'll take it uh, the Jazz start off in Sacramento against the Kings. Uh, we saw what happened last time. So I'm guessing the Kings are going to come out with a little bit of... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think they're probably going to play with more pep. <laughs> they're definitely going to have that game circled and be like, uh, get my respect back on there.
1: And you just hope that the Kings don't come out and are just like, because they got embarrassed that they play so hard that they like injure somebody. Honestly, no, they don't have
0: any wings. That's the thing, though. They don't have any wings. It is I, true. Here's the thing: I'm rooting for in the Kings game. I want to see them play five power forwards and centers all at the same time. <laughs> if they don't, cowards they are. Pure cowards. They're, we know what they're doing. Like Vladi has a plan, and that's five power forwards and centers. Just go forward with it. Start them. Don't be a coward. <laughs> but in, in actuality, I think it's going to be. I, I think. I think it's going to be a closer game. I think the Jazz win by like ten or fifteen. I think they're, it's going to be close for the first half and then they'll make an adjustment and then they'll just house him.
1: Mm-hmm. I I just, um I think they beat them pretty handily. I just, a victory is obviously the win, but also no injuries. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is a lot of fun. He's a fast, fast guard. And I actually, I enjoy watching him. He's just an interesting player that um has a chance to be really good, I think, but they're so young and so inexperienced mm-hmm. and, the veterans they do have, like Iman Shubbert, aren't very good players. It's just if the Jazz lose this game, they should be very, very disappointed or something terrible happened. And, and, uh, yeah, this is, I mean, if there was a sure thing out there, it'd be the Jazz winning this game. Uh,
0: I, I, I one thing I am sad about, I am sad that we're not going to see, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Mm hmm.
1: Really uh, he,
0: I thought he was, I I thought he was going to probably have a breakout season this year because he started to play real much better after the All Star break, after he was the Rising Stars MVP mm-hmm. when he went nuts in that game, and I wanted to see him play because he's just a sharpshooter from outside. But
1: I uh, say lovey. Well, and I'm excited for another chance for Dante to get some minutes and get some. Uh, it's really like playing a G League team in a lot of ways because there are so many rookies and young players on that team. It's a chance for uh, Dante to grow some more confidence. I'm a Dante fan. I want to see him do well. And so uh, that'll be fun. Uh, hopefully they just get some nice rest. And then the next, I don't know, do you have
0: anything else with the Kings? Um, I was just going to say, who do you think is younger? Bogdan Bogdanovich or Alec Burks? Oh, well, since
1: I don't know, I'm going to guess Alec Burks.
0: Is that your final answer? Yeah. Okay. So Bogdan Vondanovich is barely younger than Alec Burks. So he's 26. So, well, not barely, but he's 26 uh, years old and 58 days. Alec Burks is 27 years old. Well, just barely 27 years old. Wow. So, yeah. I thought Bogdan was a lot younger. Like I went there, I'm like 26. You mean to tell me Dante Exum's three years younger than their their sophomore rookie? Anyway, <laughs> continue on. Oh, yeah. So, uh,
1: Bogdan is fun, but the Kings are very bad. Uh, they are very bad. So, on the opposite end, so the Jazz play arguably the worst team in the league, and then they get to play the best team in the league at home against the Golden State Warriors, who, if you guys all remember, last year the Jazz were 3-1 and one against the Warriors. And I can't remember is this the warriors first game of the season i'm guessing it's their second
0: i believe it's their second as well um so um because i, I believe so let's let's see here so i believe they start out this yeah because they play tomorrow night against the thunder at home uh and then they then they get a uh, um then they come and play the good old jazz You know, what's fun on on Friday. It really feels like the jazz. I mean, going back to when
1: they were playing, you know, in the playoffs with Gordon Hayward and then last season as well, uh, the jazz played them tight in that series. Kevin Durant even talked about it. You can look up his YouTube channel where he talked about the jazz, all of those games being tight. And even though the Warriors won, it was one of the toughest matches matchups for them in those playoffs. Uh, the Jazz actually, match as well as a team can, obviously, because they are the Warriors and they are the best team in the league, the Jazz match up pretty well with what they do. Uh Because, uh, because the... That, what is what?
0: <laughs> I just said agreed. Oh, okay. I thought you said yes. something else. <laughs> I like, oh, I hope I didn't come up. That was an egregious error. <laughs> Continue
1: on. Uh, but the Jazz play actually... So the Kings play with a non... Until DeMarcus Cousins comes back, who, by the way, is not going to contribute at all. But when uh, the the Cavs, or when the, not the Cavs, the Warriors, when they play, they play with a center that Rudy doesn't have to play out on the perimeter with. And so when the Jazz play the Warriors, they tend to get to play to their strengths, at least on the defensive end. And and that's why they seem to do well. Rudy's able to take away uh, their their drives to the basket. The Jazz do a good job of taking away their transition buckets which is it's an underrated part of what the Warriors do. We all hear about the three-point shooting and all those things, but the Warriors are a great driving team and transition team, and the Jazz are very good at taking that away. Uh, The Warriors are still great. They still have that insane shooting and and offensive precision and all those things, but the Jazz match up, and they beat them three out of four times last year, and I don't care how many times uh, hardwood paroxysm uh, changes his mind on Twitter, the Jazz are a good team and match up well with the Warriors and beat them. And guess what? Yeah, some of those were a, a good
0: matchup for them. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And 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 I like what um uh it was uh worldwide Wob last year. Um and it was at the beginning of the 2017 season and he was describing Utah and I believe they were playing uh the they were playing the Minnesota Timberwolves at the time But he said, this Jazz team is such a necessary, humbling evil in the 2017 NBA, a damn mud pit for any Lamborghini offense. Mm -hmm. And that's why they really, really make the Warriors struggle. Because the Warriors, yes, they have good one-on-one players, but the Warriors do keep to their system. And so when you turn them into a one-on-one team, then all of a sudden, you're not having to worry about their weapons anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're. It it turns into a one-on-one matchup, and the Jazz love that one-on-one matchup against their defensive players. If you have a one-on-one matchup against Dante Exum on the perimeter, the Jazz like that matchup. If you have a one-on-one matchup where somebody's trying to challenge Rudy Gobert at the rim, you like that matchup. You like it when they're they face off against Donovan or Joe Ingles or Derek Favors or Jay Crowder or or Royce O'Neal or Ricky Rubio. You like. Those matchups on the defensive end, and you'll take that. Mm-hmm. It's when it's the Warriors are at their most dangerous when you're when you're 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 kind of in a backpedal on your defense. If you are in transition and you're having to catch up, and you're not able to have that split second extra of, of reaction time, where mm-hmm. you're having to worry about the pieces of Steph Curry running through a million screens. And for Utah's defense, because they muddy that all up on, on the defensive end, all of a sudden you turn the the Warriors from that, hard, that fast-paced, insanely precise execute, executing team on offense to one-on-one Kevin Durant. Yeah, because Utah can shut down a one-on-one matchup. They've done it. They did it with the Timberwolves. They did it with – they kept on turning the Oklahoma City Thunder into an isolation team. And taking that matchup, mm-hmm. that's how they won. And Houston won because they were able to make Utah's defense uh, suffer for trying to do that because they had so many good one-on-one players. Mm-hmm. Versus, uh, and, and I don't know what it is. Like the Warriors have good on-one-on-one one-on-one players, but for some reason the Rockets are able to take advantage of it in a way that that the Warriors can't mm-hmm. or haven't shown the the an uh, ability to. Yeah. And that being said, the jazz probably lose by 10. <laughs> I'm really worried about this game because there's been, like the warriors know they went three and like, they went one and three against the Utah jazz last uh-huh. year and, and they are going to want to put, but then again, Utah's going to want to put on a show too. Like it, it'll be a fun game. I think it'll be a surprisingly fun game, but um, the Warriors are healthy. I do think I do think it's like competitive through three, and then in the fourth quarter, the Jazz like fall like their offense uh, just goes off the rails.
1: Mm-hmm. I could see that. I, I just um, the Warriors are honestly so good because even if even if the Jazz take away you know their trips to the basket and they hurt their percentage at the rim, uh, the Warriors still have insane shooting. Kevin Durant will still pull up and just bury five shots in a row. And there's sometimes there's just not a lot you can do. Uh, so, yeah. but if the jazz, like you said, they can slow them down, make them. ISO. maybe Durant has a bad game. Uh,
0: and they have to take advantage of their weak bench because every year golden state gets a little bit shallower on their bench unit and older on their bench unit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so like, if, if Utah is going to have a chance of that game, Utah's got to stay like they're, if the Jazz's starters are say a plus minus of n- minus four for the game, mm-hmm. Utah's in a good position to win that game just because they their bench can can outclass the Warriors.
1: Well, I think that's how the Jazz win a lot of games, honestly. It, especially mm-hmm. in the regular season, it won't be as big a deal in the in the playoffs. But you know, if the Jazz get like a ten to twelve point lead with their bench. And they can do something like, "Hey, we're going to just put in favors, and and Gobert, and Royce, and Dante, and Donovan, and just we're going to just block you down." That's a that's a path to victory. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a that's a way the Jazz can win against a lot of good teams because the Jazz are kind of like that running team in football that can kind of uh, pound the football, and if they got a lead, they can just slow the game down. Uh, Force every team into half court basketball and then just win by uh, by slowly choking the other team out.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's 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 gonna they're be It's gonna be the sexiest team to watch on on offense this season. The Jazz are going to be fun on offense. That's one of my predictions, too. The Jazz will be good on offense, even. I think they'll be good, but I just don't think they're going to be fun to watch on offense. (laughs) Well, I think that you've got
1: Donovan. You've got the – free. you mentioned it before. You've got the freedom of movement. And I was thinking about this uh, with Sacramento, but you've got Rudy Gobert catching lobs. I actually think that's going to be one of the biggest things because, you know – Last season, people can just grab Rudy. And I promise you, if you go watch tape from last year, you will see Steven Adams grabbing him to the point of driving you crazy. But if Rudy Gobert is allowed to move around the floor and catch lobs, that's going to, it's kind of going to be the Jazz are going to be able to take a page out of the Rockets handbook with Clint Capella, where, you know, Rudy guarding that pick and roll, he had to step back to make sure Capella doesn't get the lob. And it gave room for Harden and Chris Paul to get a shot off. And, if the Jazz can do that and that improves their efficiency, uh, you know, two or three points per game this year, that's a huge jump. And and we might see a team that actually could be top 10 in both categories if if uh, if their call, cards fall uh, correctly or perfectly. Yeah,
0: and, and Golden State's center. Um, it, it, I feel like every year their center has, like, <laughs> gone down a few pegs. Now they have DeMarcus Cousins waiting in the wings. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not sure if he's going to be even the same or be able to come close. One thing I did hear, like he said, he was wanting to come back earlier and he was ahead of schedule. And in the back of my <sighs> head, I was like, no, don't do that. And because I think about Mehmet Oker mm-hmm. and you're like, he came at, he got, he came, at, uh, came back ahead of schedule. He re injured that Achilles and his career was over. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, you're, you're, you're seven feet tall. You are a big dude.
1: Well, and they have got, Jordan. You want, you, you, they had they Jordan, Jordan Bell. Bell, and he's a nice player. He's turning out to be one of the steals in the second round, thanks to the Bulls. Uh, he's, but he's
0: still an undersized guy. He's still an undersized guy. Like he's if you have him on Gobert, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna love that matchup. You're also you have Damian Jones now. If you saw Damian, if 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 I put Damian Jones in a lineup, would you be able to pick him out? No, no, me neither. I'm looking at his picture and I'm like, I'm not sure if this is fake.
1: Hmm. and yeah. so
0: and so he's been in the league two years he's seven feet tall so he's technically a seven footer he's young um it looks like he has uh been in the g league quite mm-hmm. extensively um with the santa cruz warriors and in in the g league he put up um let's see here 15 points and eight rebounds so not bad I mean, that's good it's not bad but i mean in in some but Kim versus Rudy Gobert, oh boy. Oh, Rudy Gobert is the X-factor with this. That's definitely a matchup that that Utah can control Mm -hmm. right there. So yeah, it's going to be be an interesting one. I'm I'm really interested to see what Golden State throws out there for their starting lineups this season without DeMarcus Cousins Mm -hmm. because otherwise – Like, do they just go small and just make people deal with it? Do they play Kevin Durant at the center and just see what happens? Or do they try to play with a traditional center? So, Mm -hmm. something to keep an eye on.
1: Well, Michael, I have some bad news. We forgot to do the reviews on this.
0: We got to do reviews, man.
1: So, we'll have to, you know what? Let's do
0: that next week. Let's Uh, do it next week. We'll do it. We, We won't forget about any of you. (laughs) we won't forget any of you. So make sure you go to iTunes
1: and leave a review. I'm going to read it on the air. And, uh, and that's kind of a fun thing that the kids like, but, uh, we're going to do that. All
0: the kids are doing it nowadays. (laughs) That in the Fortnite. That's right.
1: (laughs) But leave a review guys. We really appreciate because that helps us in our rankings and we show up higher so that other jazz fans can enjoy the show and get the correct opinions on the Utah jazz. uh, you don't want to keep
0: us away from other jazz fans, do you? That's right. It's all you guys' fault.
1: Yeah, you no, don't be selfish. A it's very simple. Search Gee. SLC Punks on iTunes and click, uh, click on that picture of the uh, that Taylor Griffin design that's really awesome and then write a review. And
0: uh, we
1: would appreciate it. And we'll read it on air.
0: We uh, will. We promise. I don't have anything. Except not out. this week because we broke our promise. We
1: broke our promise, but, but that, we won't was because, uh, that was because um, of Corey.
0: <laughs> That's because of Corey.
1: So blame Corey. Uh, but, anyways, uh, I don't have anything else to add, Milo. This is. Uh, uh, I'm excited to get the it's, season it's started. It's regular
0: season time. It's here.
1: What, what are your predictions for the week? Predictions? One and one? Uh, one and one. I think we... That's, that's mine too. I'm, I'm one and one one and one I think uh, we play them close, but I think the Warriors win. And then uh, I think actually the Jazz will be... After the Warriors, though, I think we'll, um, all of a sudden people are going to be like, holy crap, the Jazz are really good. And I think the Jazz have a very nice record the first 10 games. But Ooh. Next time we talk, we'll be talking about uh, what happened. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that.
0: A real basketball. <laughs>
1: it's back, baby. Make sure you guys go to SLC Dunks. Make sure you are uh, subscribed to the podcast, leaving a review. Make sure you go to Twitter, iTunes, Facebook, and like all those things and follow all those things uh, to follow SLC Dunk. Uh, We will talk to you later. Peace, y'all.